The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all news, advice, strategies, techniques, and, of course, personal one-on-one advice about real estate investing. Um, Talking today about wholesaling. I know that's a favorite topic of lots of real-life real estate listeners, and I want to give out the phone numbers right up front because I know there's going to be a ton of questions about Wholesaling today here in the greater Cincinnati area, we're at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. You can also send us an email by going to askvena.com and just filling in the little response form there. Be sure to let us know where you are writing from. That's askvena.com and that is a website, not an email address. Don't don't put it in your don't put it in your email thing and try and send it because it won't go anywhere. You have to go to asvina.com, fill in the form, and while you're there, sign up to receive our free weekly e-letter from Real Life Real Estate with articles by and about our guests, as well as what's coming up on Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Dwan Bent-Twyford, best known as the Queen of Foreclosures. Dwan has been investing in real estate for over a decade and like most successful real estate investors has spent a lot of that time wholesaling properties. Today we're going to talk not about the entrance strategy of short sales but about the exit strategy of wholesaling. Uh, joining us I assume from her home in Colorado is Dwan Bent Twyford. Dwan, hey welcome girl, to how are Real you? Estate. I'm good. How are you? I'm good and I'm home. Good, good. Probably cold Having up there. A lovely day in the mountains today. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. I'm a little surprised you're you're able to to call us from up there. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. We have such trouble with our phones up here. We really do live in the boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dawn lives in a Dawn lives in a tiny little town way up in the mountains in Colorado, where the one place you can go out to eat if you're willing to drive 20 minutes is the subway at the gas station. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got bears in her backyard. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it is way up there. Uh, well, going to talk today about wholesaling. Um, that's the topic you're going to be covering at this year's National New Strategy Summit in Columbus, Ohio, which, by the way, not enough real-life real estate listeners are coming to yet. You, you all need to go to wmkvfm.org and check that out because you can come for a pledge to public radio. What a deal. Three days of education, 
and it's a, it's a sport pulpit grader at the same time. It just doesn't get any better That's than awesome that. That's an awesome deal for everybody. I know, right? Uh, but uh, w- one of the things that you know we, we keep coming back to at this summit over and over and over again, year in and year out, e- even though it's a, quote, new strategy summit, is wholesaling. Because wholesaling is just something that keeps working with little tweaks, you know. We do things a little bit differently than we did five years ago. But it keeps working year in and year out, and it provides that super important thing that we all need in our businesses, which is cash. So let's, uh, just in case we've got uh, folks listening who maybe are are brand new to real estate, uh, give us like the 30-second overview of what a wholesale deal looks like. Okay. Uh, 30-second overview you find a homeowner in distress, you get their house under contract, you agree to buy it for X, and you find someone else who wants to rehab their landlord, sell to them for Y, and you keep the money in between. Oh, that, right right at 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strategy that um, <clears throat> we've gone through some cycles with, and I know you've, you've, you've gone through the the whole real estate cycle now in uh, in Florida, which is where you started out, and and boy, you want to talk about a cycle. The rest of the country thinks we had a real estate bubble. Florida really had a real estate bubble. Oh man, seriously, it was a disaster down there. Really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of good deals, though. I have to say, a lot of good deals. You know, we were buying rentals. Well, we still are. We were buying rentals for like forty, fifty thousand dollars. Three two, you know, like eleven hundred square feet, little, you know, just block houses. Section eight's paying like twelve hundred bucks a month for rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these were houses that were, you know, two hundred thousand. They just tanked so bad. So it's a good, good time to be a landlord. Good time to wholesale. You know, I guess mm-hmm. it's in Florida, but and it sucks if you owned a bunch of property. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is sort of the key to why wholesaling is working now because in your in your little 30 second summary you said that uh, uh, people who wholesale are wholesaling to other investors not not to yeah. homeowners but to people who want to buy that property get the mold out <laughs> paint it put in a new kitchen whatever it needs and then either resell it or hold it and the big thing that I keep hearing now from people who you know aren't really in the wholesaling market is well I understand how you find the great deals I don't understand how you find the buyers. There, there are lots of buyers looking for a deal like the one you just described. So many buyers. I think that people are getting hung up on the news, and you know, the news talks about oh, the market, the market, the market. But they really are talking about the general overall retail market. Yes, if a homeowner has a house that you know was a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, or 125000 and now it's only worth 100 and they owe that, so owe that 125 yeah, they're having a hard time selling their house. But, you know, if, if the news would report about what investors are doing, it would show a completely different side of what we hear every time we turn on, you know, Fox News. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But not for us. And for all of us, you know, money's falling out of the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit different if you're an investor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and the one thing I think people need to realize is that just because a house has no equity doesn't mean that you cannot wholesale it. You just have to contact the bank, make a simple phone call, see if they'll take a short sale, which is just less than what's owed, and then you can still wholesale that property the same way you could 20 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. You just have to put that extra step in there in some cases, which is a short sale, and you know, and, and you just still wholesale it you know, like we always did, and and raking those checks. And you know, you know, being one of the things I know about you is that you do a lot of wholesaling as well, and you and I always are on the same page with that. The market, you know, when it's like this, this is a good thing for wholesaling. It doesn't make it worse. This is not a horrible market. None of that. This is a great market to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And going going back to the idea of those buyers, because, yes, people are listening to, oh, there's no buyers in the market, when, in fact, like, I don't know, 25 or 30 percent of all the sales made last quarter in this country were made to investors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there there are fewer uh, uh, retail buyers, but I, in, in, from what I can see, there are more investor buyers as opposed to speculators. And we're not talking here about people who are buying today, hoping to sell in a year without having done anything to the property and sell for more money. That's not that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who have been in the market or are getting in the market. Or what I'm seeing is a lot of people getting back into the market that that they, they literally haven't bought an investment property since 1990. They had they had retired, mm-hmm. as it were. And now we're seeing them come back in and buy four or five more properties because they can't resist them because they're they're just as cheap as they were in 1990. So the, the, there are a lot of those folks around, and the the role that a wholesaler fills in in dealing with those people. Because the other thing I hear is, well, why don't they just go find their own deals? There's so many deals. You know, there's some people that are good at finding deals. There's some people that are good at negotiating deals. There's some people that are good at evaluating deals, and there's some people who don't want to do any of that. They just want to fix up the house and rent it. That's exactly right. And that's why, you know, it's funny. We just did a, a workshop in, this last weekend, and people were saying the same thing. Well, you know, why would a rehabber or a landlord want to buy a house to me? They can just go get it on their own. But, you know, people have to realize most real estate investor investors, you know, we have a niche. So if my niche is I'm a rehabber, then that means I probably have a crew. I have two or three houses going at one time. What I don't really have time to do is go out trying to find deals. I would rather someone like me or you just say, hey, look, I got this deal. You can buy it for this. It's worth that. You know, do you want it? And if someone's a landlord, you know, you know, most landlords, especially if they've just done landlording since forever, you know, they don't want to go out and find a house and talk to the bank and do a short sale. They don't want to do all that. They're happy just for you to say, hey, here's a great deal. Do you want it for this price? Yes, I'll take it. The wholesaling fills a very uh, a big hole in investing because the people at the end, that at our end, the rehabber or the landlord, they don't really want to spend all that time and energy looking for deals. They just want you to give them one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they put their time and energy into all the time it takes to get it fixed up, to get it on the market, to get it sold retail, You know, going through trying to get buyers qualified. And all the stuff that they go through, I don't have any interest in that side of it. <laughs> I've been there, done that. I like wholesaling. So, you know, it really is the perfect marriage. And, and any really good wholesaler, if they can get themselves even just 10, even just 10 rehabbers or landlords, you could close all the deal that you could possibly handle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we need to take a quick break. I want to... Once again, invite listeners to go to askvina.com with any questions you may have, or you can give us a call at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658, toll free outside of greater Cincinnati. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. 
I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Dwan Bent Twyford, the Queen of Foreclosures. We're talking about her topic at the 2011 National New Strategies Conference. It's coming up in Columbus, Ohio on November 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And uh, we're talking about the topic she is going to educate you about there. Of course, she's going to have much longer to do it than we have on the radio today. But uh, if you go to wmkvfm.org and go about halfway down the page, you can get more information about this 2011 uh, New Market Strategies event. Um, Lots and lots and lots of real estate investors from all over the United States will be there, as well as 15 national experts on topics ranging from wholesaling to owning rentals to how to get money to do all of this without going to the bank to, gosh, apartment buildings and how to become a hard money lender and how to protect your assets. The reason that hundreds and hundreds of people show up to this year after year after year is because of the wide range of knowledge and expertise that we get there all at the same time, all in a very short period. So wmkvfm.org for more information about that. And uh, Dwan, I know, you know, we've got a total, even without the, 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 the weather breaks and so on, of like 40 minutes to talk about a topic that you've been doing for, for 10 years. And that 20, honey. 20, okay, 20, 20. years. Halo's time, 23. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay, so. I know, seriously, I was thinking that the other day, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I am about to have a 23-year-old child. How is that possible? <laughs> so, so Especially more... when I'm just still 29. I don't understand that. <laughs> I know, it's medical science today. It is medical science. It's a miracle. <laughs> So uh, two decades, two decades of experience that we're trying to crunch down into like a 40 minute explanation here. But, you know, let's let, let, let's tackle it. Um, you have wholesaled in two very difficult markets. Uh, the uh-huh. West Palm Beach, Florida area is was been one of the one of the hottest, most competitive markets in the country forever. And then uh, you went off to Colorado, which is the market that in the United States where the housing recovered first. They barely barely had a downturn in prices, and it's it's uh, it's one of those markets where everybody complains that oh, there's just no really good deals here because all the housing's spoken for, and yet you did it and continue to do it. So, uh-huh. uh, what is what is your focus in the way of what kind of property are you looking for for a wholesale deal? You know, I'm going to give out something that people might think is just some really odd advice, but because the market has changed so much. One of the main things I'm trying to teach uh, wholesalers about changing their mindset is that there are a lot of rehabbers and there are a lot of landlords, but they have sort of changed their neighborhood. So it's no longer a case of, okay, well, I'm a wholesaler and this is where I want to work. We have to find the neighborhoods where the rehabbers and the landlords are working because those are our buyers. And the rehabbers and the landlords, I'm finding, have kind of kind of downgraded. Like, it used to be the basic blue-collar, you know, run-of-the-mill neighborhood. And I'm, I'm finding in the areas that we go to that the most of the, especially the landlords, they've kind of downgraded, like, not to the hood, but not to the blue-collar. So I call it the good hood. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's not like, you know, crack and gun-riddled, but... 
it's not that kind of upper class blue collar. It's sort of that that neighborhood. It's like a new neighborhood that's in the middle. And uh, one of the things I tell people says if you really want to see where the business is, get out on a Saturday and go to an area that you believe to be is you know kind of borderline. And just drive up and, around, up and down the street and actually look for dumpsters. And every time you see a dumpster, get out and talk and see if it's a landlord or a rehabber. And on average, when people will get out and spend a full day doing that, they on average they find eight different rehabbers or landlords that are physically working on that property. Mm-hmm. So then you get their contact information, and those become your buyers. So then you work the neighborhoods where those people want to buy because that's where the money's at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just recently did an apprentice training, which is, you know, where we fly in and work with people one-on-one for two days. And this couple said, oh, here's the neighborhood. We mapped out all these houses. This is where we're going to go today. And they drove me in this beautiful neighborhood. And I, and I started laughing. I said, do you see any investor activity at all? We drove up and down, like, 15 blocks. Any investor activity at all. There was no I buy houses cash sign. There wasn't a dumpster. There wasn't even an overgrown lawn. I said, okay, <laughs> let's go drive a little deeper towards, you know, maybe the rougher part of town. Let's go until we see some investor activity. And then we rolled into a neighborhood. I mean, to tell you, there were I buy houses cash signs everywhere. There were dumpsters everywhere. There were landlords everywhere. We made, like, 15 contacts that day. And, I mean, it, it was so much business in one day and you know i always tell people look even if you meet someone and it's their first house the the thing they have going for them is they did take action one time that we know of for sure they are there working on that house and if they make it a profit they're likely to do it again mm-hmm. so you don't have all these people saying oh yeah i'm going to buy a house one of these days these people that have a big dumpster in the yard they're working on a house so they have stepped up to the plate at least once. <laughs> and if they do well, you know, they'll keep stepping up to the plate. So people kind of change their mindset a little bit and think, okay, I need to go find them instead of them finding me and go into their neighborhoods. You all would be stunned how much business is out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many people. And that's, that, that's, that's great advice because, and this is, this is why it is important for all, all real estate investors, you and me included, to continually update their education because mm-hmm, it really is. I, I pulled a I pulled a, a a copy of a wholesaling manual off the shelf that I I had I've had for I don't know six or seven years, and I was reading through it. And at the time, it was great. It was like, oh yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah, this exactly works. And I was flipping through, and I was going, okay, that's wrong now. Okay, that doesn't work anymore. Okay, nope, mm-hmm. not, not not that either. Nope, uh uh-uh. uh, and. Uh, you know, just, just, just staying up to date on things like what neighborhoods, because I know, you know, five years ago, I was telling people, you can pretty much flip a house pretty much anywhere that you can get a good deal. You know, luxury neighborhoods, it's going to be harder, but yeah, there's buyers out there for that. Uh, you know, the, the, the war zone areas, yeah, it's going to be harder, but you'll definitely find buyers out there for that. And you're absolutely right. The, the buyers have focused themselves down to, to really the, the, Rental neighborhoods, you know, the the sort of the sort of border zoney, you know, it's where Section Eight, where there's a lot of Section Eight rentals, you know, that that mm-hmm. kind of place, and then the starter homes, and you get exactly. them, you get them anything any more expensive than that, they don't want it because it's not selling, and the high, you know, the holding costs 
on those are very high. You can't go into the luxury home areas anymore because no one knows what those houses are worth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the problem. The holding costs are too much. It's it, you know it's too, it takes too long to get people qualified because you know the banks have cracked down on the. I mean, you can hardly squeak a dime out of a bank right now. So one of the things about these landlords and these rehabbers, these are people that have been making money, you know, in the past, you know, steady for the last ten years or so. And now that the market has changed, money is harder to get. Yeah, they have access to cash. They have, some of them have pulled out money. Some of them have backers. But they're not going to, you know, put out $200,000 for a rehab when they can go buy the same rehab in one neighborhood away for fifty grand mm-hmm. and rehab three or four at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like all the rehabbers. I mean, we've, we've done these trainings recently, in, I mean, from California all the way to Florida, and across the whole country, I'm finding, as a whole, the, the rehabbers and landlords have sort of gone down like one level of neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And But there's so many of them that people just don't know how to find them. They get focused on, well, I don't want to buy over there. You know, that's not the best neighborhood in town. But you got to remember, folks, you're wholesaling it. You're not the buyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you like it. You're not the buyer. You're, you want to make money by having a buyer. You have to go where the buyers are at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about wholesaling with Dwan Bent Twyford. You can give us a call with your wholesaling questions at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area or 877-772-9658 if you're listening to us on the web. You can also go to askvina.com and fill in the response form there, just like William from Columbus did. William says, Dwan, I'm going to see you at the 2011 summit. Yay. Um, My question, though, is a simple one, and I want an honest answer to it. I have no money. I have approximately $100 per month that I might be able to commit to marketing. I don't have money for earnest money. Everyone keeps telling me that I can make cash in wholesaling, but I cannot believe it can be done on this tight of budget. What is your opinion? Please be honest. Honestly, the best way to market properties is to use bandit signs. So with that tight budget, if you can just get your hands on a few signs, um, what we've been doing is driving into the neighborhoods where the rehabbers are at. And (laughs) what I do, Vena, is that when I see a vacant property, I just stick an I buy houses cash sign in the yard because I know it's vacant. You know, by the time it gets into a real estate agent's hand, it might be six or eight months, so my sign's going to sit out there. And every time we put out signs, we start getting calls within the hour. So I can find people looking to sell houses just by putting out a few well-placed signs that I know will stay there for a while. And then, again, to find the buyers, get in your car, go drive some neighborhoods, and just, look, honest to God, look for dumpsters. And get out and talk to the people. I mean, we've drug people down recently off the roof. I climbed up on a ladder the other day. This guy wouldn't come down, so I went up. <laughs> and and you can find the buyers with no money. Like, you can put out some of the I buy houses, cash signs. You know, they don't cost a whole lot, but, you know, a couple bucks a sign. Or, you know, back to my favorite, best thing, get the addresses of the people in foreclosure and go door knocking. I mean, we door knock all the time. I door knock at least once every two weeks and just go door knocking to people in foreclosure. It doesn't cost anything but gas. 
and find the homeowners, get them to sign your sales contract, give them a $10 deposit, and then you've got all these rehabbers and landlords that you found because you drove around and found them, and you really can honestly put your deals together with uh, a low budget if you're willing to do some legwork. Mm-hmm. So course, for those of you that want to sit behind a computer and you just want to make offers into the banks and you know, all these random offers, no, you can't start that way because if you get a house under contract that's owned by a bank, they're going to want maybe a two or three or $4,000 deposit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't close, you're going to lose your money. If you will go talk to the homeowners face-to-face that are in trouble, they are so happy to see you. They are so thrilled. They don't know what to do. They need help. They're super open-minded right now. And I've not ha- I mean, everyone I've talked to is like, oh, my God, come in, come in. What can you help me do? And you don't need money when you're dealing with the homeowner because they're going to take, you know, 10, 20 bucks. They don't care. And you, so, yes, you can do it if you'll, if you'll do it the way I'm telling you. Homeowner, work with homeowners directly and go find your rehabbers and your landlords by getting out there and perusing and finding them. Then you have no advertising costs. You have no, uh, you don't have to run ads looking for buyers. You can find buyers, of course, at the local RIA group always. And you can make a ton of money without starting out with any money. You really still can. But you're going to have to get out face-to-face and go talk to people. Thank you very much for your uh, email question, William. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area with your questions today about wholesaling, 877-772-9658, or send us an email by going to askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and if I told you that you could work your rear end off for the next six weeks to get a check for five to $10,000 so that you could then take that money and invest it in some marketing so that you could do twice that much the following six weeks, would you do it? Because that's exactly what I'm talking about today with Dwan Bent Twyford. We're talking about wholesaling real estate, which is obviously a great way to get started in real estate investing. Uh, it's also a great thing to keep doing for 20 years in a row. And uh-huh. uh, it's uh, like anything else, though, it's uh, it's a strategy where you need to understand how the strategy works. And it, it, you, you cannot, you cannot just run out based on a radio interview and start talking to people and putting houses under contract and talking to buyers without understanding some of the basic skills here, like how to evaluate the property. How much money do you put it under contract for? What contract do you put it under? Uh, what are the clauses? What are the important clauses in that contract? And then how do you get paid? And at what point? And how do you assign the 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 contract? And that's you know that's that's obviously a, a much longer program than we have today. And but those those are things that I will cover. At the um, the three day, or is it a four day or three day? It's a three day event. It's right? a three day with all day pre convention workshops, so oh, four nice. total. Yeah, so I am going to cover a lot of that at the event because I know people have so many questions about about that kind of stuff. But you know, one of the things I've been doing, um, and this would kind of apply back to that that question from the listener, is when I'm in the neighborhoods and I'm meeting these people that are, you know, I'm seeing the dumpster. I get out, I talk to the guys. And I always say, hey, you know, what do y'all, you know, what do you pay, you know, what, what, you know, what's your price range? If I can get your house, you know, what, how much you want to pay for it? 
And they tell me, they'll say, well, you know, whatever neighborhood, I'll pay 75, you know, to 90,000, or I'll pay between 75 and 100, or I'll pay, pay between whatever, 65 and 75. So I have them tell me what's the most they're willing to pay for properties. And as you drive around the different neighborhoods and talk to the different landlords and the different rehabbers, They'll tell you how much they're willing to pay. So then as as someone, especially someone new, would be getting started, they can say, okay, I've got, you know, four rehabbers in this neighborhood. I just found a house, but nobody said they would pay more than, you know, 60. So if I want to make 10 grand, i got to buy it for 50. Mm-hmm. And so it, even if you're new and you're not sure how to read comps and, you know, there, you have a lot of questions, if you can get the people to tell you what they're willing to pay on average or what they paid for the house they're working on, at least it kind of gives you a baseline as to where to start. So if you roll across a $200,000 house and all the people that you have, no one will pay more than 100 then you have no buyers. <laughs> so <laughs> you say pass and you keep looking for another house. So you can get a lot of information out of, the people that we would sell to. And again, as a wholesaler, that means we're going to sell to somebody else who will ultimately find the end user. So we're going to sell it to a landlord who may keep it. We're going to sell it to a rehabber who will fix it up, and then they'll find the buyer. We're just that middleman. So we make a smaller portion of the profit because the person that's buying the house, taking the risk, doing all the work on it, the holding costs, you have to find the buyer, get people qualified. They need to make the bulk of the money so that they'll come back and they'll want to buy from you again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, and we and have... one of the things, you know, being in this market, I mean, a lot of investors have also gotten into trouble. And I say, listen, no matter what your bills are, do not make the deal about you. Leave money on the table because that rehabber, if you sell them a house and, and they don't make any money, they'll never buy from you again. If they make money, you have a person that may buy properties for the next 20 years. So really don't get greedy and make it such a good deal that they they can't wait to hear from you. Yeah, actually, uh, that's that's a, that's a, an interesting a point you just made because I've spoken to a number <laughs> bigger bigger than bigger than two dozen uh, of investors in the over the course of the last two or three years who have have been in trouble because of. Um, overpaying for properties at the top of the market or they refinance them at the top of the market and it you know it just uh, the properties turned upside down like they did for a lot of people mm-hmm. and they say you know I I don't know how to I don't know how to rescue this I'm I'm you know I'm taking $300 out of my pocket every month to own this property and I say how much would you be taking out of your pocket if it was paid off and they say well don't be silly I'd be making money if it was paid off mm-hmm. and I say go wholesale <laughs> You know yeah. how many how many wholesale deals do you need to do at five to ten thousand dollars a piece, in order to 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 pay off the 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 mortgage on the upside down property, or to that's, that's right. to renovate the property that you bought and you thought you were going to be able to get renovation money for and and you couldn't and um, you know it's just a it's just a strategy that um, I, I I just love it I mean. <laughs> I love, I love, Love that I don't know why anybody else. I mean, I, I know at the workshop there's, you know, all kinds of people that will be giving all these great strategies. And, you know, like you said, apartment building, some commercial, and all kinds of great things. But honestly, looking back over the last 20 years, for people, I just tell everyone, wholesaling is the easiest 
It's the safest. The worst you're going to do is lose a very tiny deposit. You know, you really mostly have invested is your time. And if if you're using your time wisely, whether you close the deal or not, it's still education. You're learning, you know, hey, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> or, wow, I am going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And it's just the easiest way for people to start. You know, there's the least risk, the least amount of stress. You're not worrying about finding in buyers. And you know how in buyers are. you got to go through 20 of them sometimes to find someone that gets qualified. And it's, it's just the easiest path. It's the path of least resistance, you know. And I'm all about, you know, the least amount of work for the most amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> and we're... Yeah, well, and we will we will now officially end our wholesale love fest and go back to listener <laughs> questions. Um, got a question here from MJ in Baltimore. She or perhaps he, I'm not sure, uh, would like to know what the wording is on, that you would recommend on a bandit sign for buying a wholesale deal. Well, the bandit signs that I have, I've got two kinds. Um, one just says, I buy houses cash. And the other one says, rent to own, no credit check. And I use both. I will say, I get 10 to 1 the phone calls on the rent to own opposed to the I buy houses cash because there are so many people that have lost their home and they, they want to rent, but they really don't want to go back to an apartment after having lived in a house. And, like, I've got a girl right now. I'm trying to find her house. She's got $25,000 cash. But because she had problems with her credit, the bank won't give her any money, and she's got a good job again. She's got $25,000 cash, and she's looking for a house that she can move into and rent it until she can buy it. And so I put out rent-to-own signs, and not that I want to do rent-to-owns, but a lot of my landlords that I have will do it. A lot of the rehabbers might do it. I find uh, a lot of other investors call me off the sign giving me their information. So we have both signs. Um, they're yellow, you know, the mustard yellow with the black. And I definitely get more calls off the, the rent-to-owns, but they're not always people looking to sell their houses. So that's why I stick to my, you know, the old, good old, trustworthy I buy houses cash. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, got another listener question here from Casey in Colorado. Must be a Yay. friend of yours. Uh, Casey, and I'm going to assume that this is a woman, even though my brother's name is Casey, uh, wants to know about mold houses. She says, it seems like a lot of the bank-owned properties that I look at to wholesale have very bad mold problems. Hmm, surprised that's the case in Colorado. And she says, uh, I, I hesitate to put those under contract because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find buyers for them. How how much of how much of a big deal is this for an investor buyer? Well, the thing about bank owned, again, it goes back to larger deposit, more guidelines to follow. If you can't close on it, you're gonna lose your money. Um and if a house had mold, I would request a mold remediation quote from the bank so that you know what you're getting into because you know mold is one of those things that, you know, can be grown behind the walls and you can't see it and you don't know, and then you buy a house or you get a house under contract that you think you're going to flip to somebody, and next thing you know, it's got $80,000 worth of mold, and nobody will take it, and you lose your $3,000 deposit. So anything like that, I would really require the bank to give me some kind of a a mold remediation quote so I could 
in my mind, okay, I can buy the house for this. It needs that much to fix the mold on it. And maybe put a house under contract with like a 10-day inspection clause and send a couple of your trusted rehabbers by and see if anyone's interested. Mm -hmm. And no, you get no bites whatsoever, then, you know, say, hey, I did some inspections and we're going to pass and pull out of the deal. It's a good way to kind of test the waters. And, you know, I don't think there's any house in America that doesn't have a, some mold somewhere in it. Uh, it just depends on how bad. Very good. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can send questions about our topic today, which is wholesaling, to askvina.com or via askvina.com, or you can give us a call anywhere in the United States, toll free at 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Dwan Bent Twyford, presenter at the 2011 National New Strategies Summit, which you should probably find your way to if you are at all serious about real estate investing. It's a great way to spend three or four days away from the home and the ringing phones and the barking dogs and the screaming kids and really focus on your business and get a bunch of education while you're at it. 772-9658 to give us a call with, with any questions that you have. 877-772-9658 anywhere outside the greater Cincinnati area or askvina.com. Uh, we have a, a, a listener, Dwan, who would beg to differ with you about the mold houses. It's Annie from Westerville. She says, I love moldy houses. 90% of all of the houses that I wholesale have medium to bad mold problems. The way my renovators handle this is not by getting mold remediation people, but simply by stripping out all the moldy materials. It's usually only drywall, carpet, and possibly paneling. uh, Drying out the basement, because that's where it usually is, and Uh proceeding from there. I estimate for my offer as if all of that was going to be done make the offer accordingly and get more properties than any wholesaler in my area because i am willing to tackle the mold houses no no i agree when i am working a short sale if that house has mold i am all over that house because i know i'm going to get the biggest discount on earth because it has mold so i'm all over mold houses when i'm when i'm trying to work with a homeowner and get a short sale done so I can wholesale it. But when I'm trying to buy an REO from the bank and they haven't fixed the mold and I know they're not going to come down a whole lot, I tend to shy away from those. But let me tell you something, mold is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have those little mold test kits from Home Depot that you can send in with your short sale package showing the house has mold. And, <laughs> and I love moldy houses But I, when I'm working with a homeowner. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know my short sale... Instead of being 50% off the value, I might be able to get myself, honestly, 75 or 80% off the deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have bought so many houses at 20% of the value because they had mold. Mm-hmm. Very That's good. One of the things I love about Florida, there's mold everywhere. <laughs> it's so humid. I mean, everything has mold. <laughs> well, that's a statement you don't hear often. That's what I love about Florida. There's mold everywhere. Only a real I estate investor mold. would mold say is my that. Friend. <laughs> If you have a question for Dwan about uh, how to wholesale or become a more successful wholesaler, you can go to AskVina.com. 
put it into the response form. You have to click the button that says Ask Vina a Question. You can also give us a call at 877-772-9658, toll free from any place in the United States, Florida, Colorado, Ohio, wherever. It doesn't matter. Wholesaling works pretty much the same way every place in the United States. So uh, I'm sure, Dwan, that since you are actively in the market buying rentals as well as wholesale deals, that you get calls from wholesalers who want mm-hmm. to wholesale you deals and who basically have absolutely no idea what they're doing <laughs> when they call you and they quote you a value that you know perfectly well is 50% more than that house would ever sell for. And then they tell you the repair list and tell you it's going to cost you half of what you know perfectly well it's going to cost you. And then they don't have the property under contract, but they still want you to give them money. That a, a lot of people that I talk to worry about doing it wrong and messing up with the good buyers and getting a bad name. And I think that is a legitimate fear in this mm-hmm. case. And that 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 getting trained in this field, as well as all the other fields you would get into real estate, is just of absolutely crucial importance. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, training is just so important. I mean, you know, I'm one of those ones when I first started investing. You know, my husband and I went through a very unexpected divorce. I had an eight-month-old daughter. I didn't want to put her in daycare. I tried to figure out a way to work from home. And I met some investors. It seemed like they were doing good. And I really did fly by the seat of my pants for a very, very long time, which I do not recommend because you got to have a high risk factor and a lot of stamina. <laughs> and you got to be able to take a lot of rejection and a lot of things to be able to start the way that, that I started. But training is so important because you're right. I have people call me all the time, and they're trying to explain to me how great this deal is. I'm listening. I'm thinking... Who whose workshop did you just get out of this weekend? <laughs> that, you know, you took notes and didn't buy. You can tell when they took notes versus when they've actually studied a program. <laughs> yes, yes, and and I think that I think that um, the, the reason I'm making this point so strongly is I think that this is the one arena in which people think it's so simple that oh well, gosh, I heard a radio show for 45 minutes, now I can go out and wholesale some property. People, people don't, people don't t- typically think that way about rehab. You know, They know that there's ways to really mess up in rehab, and they know there's ways of really messing up in, in purchasing a rental property. But uh, having training about wholesaling, even, even if it's, you know... <laughs> even if it's just a little is it uh, does so much to not ruin your reputation with the good buyers in your area it does so much to and you know that's one of the problems too if you get out there and mess up a whole bunch of deals you know people think uh, you know that investing is this big huge oh there's a million investors but you know as well as i do investing in your own town there it's a small community Everyone knows who the good investors are, and everybody knows who the flakes are. <laughs> and we're all happy to tell each other, like, hey, don't work for so-and-so. I mean, they do not know what they're doing. And and once you get that reputation, it is hard to undo that. It really is. So the problem with the people that don't have any idea what they're doing is they get these houses under contract that are not good deals for anyone, including themselves. Then they try to talk a rehab or a landlord into buying it. And if they happen to come across a very inexpensive, inexperienced rehabber, then this inexperienced wholesaler will sell to this inexperienced rehabber, 
and no one will make any money. And sometimes both people go out of business before they even get a chance to get started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you have too, Ben. I've seen that happen so many times. It's like do your due diligence, learn what you're doing. Don't just try to wing it because, you know, the bottom line is winging it or not, whether you fail or succeed, if you're buying the house from a homeowner, you are responsible once you say, hey, I'm going to help you with this deal. You've stepped up to the plate to tell this homeowner, I'm going to help you so you don't lose your house and have to sleep on, you know, under a bridge with your children. And for you to go in and try to work with those people with no experience, you're doing a huge disservice to the homeowner mm-hmm. because they're trusting you. I mean, you know how it is, Vina. You meet these homeowners, and, I mean, they trust you. They think, okay, Vina's going to get my household for me, and they don't look anyplace else. They wait for you to do it, and then if you got no clue what you're doing, then the homeowner ultimately gets screwed. Mm-hmm. So, and they're yeah. the one people that don't need to make that don't need their situation made any worse. Bother to get the training, even though it's you know compared to some other things that you would get trained in, it's not you know it's not that complex or expensive. Uh, just to just to make sure you're you're doing things right for everybody. Now we have a question here, Dwan. That's not it's not quite it's not quite associated with wholesaling, but I think you might be able to answer it. This is from Mike in Chicago. He says, my rental condo was foreclosed on and sold at auction to the bank. It's still in the redemption period. Should I continue to pay rent to the former owner? If I don't, can I be evicted? Also, must the bank honor my lease or can they force me to move when they're ready to resell the unit? All right. If the condo has been... So this is a renter? Yes, he's a renter. His The condo he lives in got foreclosed on. It's already been sold at the auction. And he wants to know, A, if he should still pay rent to the owner, with the answer, no. which I think is no, because he doesn't own the it anymore. No, because <laughs> the owner is now the bank. And, if, and, and the problem here is that this renter has been paying rent to the landlord, who did not then make the mortgage payment, and that would be equity skimming. And that landlord, uh, that's a big, giant no-no on the landlord's part. If you start falling behind and you can't make the payment and you start keeping that rent money, and spending it instead of paying, and that's a no-no. So uh, the renter needs to not pay anybody (laughs) or contact the bank and say, can I work at a lease with you and stay in this apartment? Because a lot of banks right now, and I know banks are not in the rental business, but a lot of banks are letting tenants stay in houses and just keep paying rent until the bank can figure out what they want to do with it. Yes, which can take a year or more. So... Um, yeah, the question- so I, I would try to contact the bank if at all you can find that information. Give them the property address, let them know it went to sale, let them know that you know, you've been renting, you'd like to continue renting, and the bank may turn right around and give you a 12-month lease. Mm-hmm. But and- don't give the homeowner a dollar. Yeah, and they didn't take your rent and pay the mortgage payment. <laughs> And the if anything, try and get your money back. <laughs> the question, Mike, about do, do they does the bank have to honor your lease? Uh, that is that is probably a question that you need to look to a local attorney for because some states have passed laws saying that if you have a lease, the uh, bank may not have to honor it all the way through, but they at least have to give you you know a, a lengthier notice than a normal. Uh, landlord would, and I have heard of tenants in foreclosed properties being bullied by the bank. That the, mm-hmm. the, the, even when the law says they must give you sixty day notice, sometimes you know somebody from the bank knocks on the door and says, "You have to get out right now." Don't believe that. Consult a local 
attorney in Chicago about that. Well, we are out of time, and I really appreciate... Uh, the whole hour? Yeah, the whole hour, I know. My goodness, that was so fast. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise with us, Dwan. Look forward to seeing you at the 2011 National New Real Estate Strategies Market more, uh, uh, Summit. More information at wmkvfm.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate. Until then... Happy investing.